0: Of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello, welcome to the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. It's episode 45. Second league game of the season's just gone. I'm joined by uh, usual Boundary Park Alert System guests, Adam Keeley and Andy Alliwell. All right, chaps, and I've Hello. got a new guest. This week, fan, Mr Bradley. Is it Mr is on, on Twitter, is it? Yeah, that's it,
1: mate.
0: David yeah. Bradley. Welcome, David. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Good. I didn't bother asking the other two because, you know, it's the same every week. You know, they're, they're on all the time. <laughs> Nobody cares how they're doing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't no, care. I no, I don't either. I um, <laughs> So let's 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 just go straight into it. We've got loads of points. Uh, Andy's going to be uh, reminding me what those are as the podcast goes on. But um, let's start with uh, with with the weekend Bradford game. Uh, I was there. I went. It was the first game of football I've been to. I can't even remember when the last one was to be honest. But certainly the first away game we've been to in a long long time. It was an occasion. It was an event. I'd promised, or we'd promised our nephew that we would take him to the game before the ticket situation emerged. So, couldn't really break a promise to a five-year-old, could you, for his first away game? So we we, we went along to that. Seventeen thousand fans there, eleven hundred, just short of twelve hundred Latics fans there. Really big occasion, really good atmosphere. Probably deserved a point, I think, on on the on the balance of play. David's pulling his face there. That's my view. That's the whole point of this. We can we can find out why he disagrees. I think on the balance of play, we, we deserved a point. We got a late we got a late equaliser, and then with the very last kick of the game, gianni <laughs> ninety eighth minute, foul, penalty, game over. Go on, you're chomping at the bit there, David. Go on. It's,
1: it's, reeling. it's he's Really,
0: and he's <laughs> spitting blood. Do you
1: know what? <laughs> Do you know what, right? It, it, it resembled England versus Italy, that game. It was just playing out from the back. 3-5-2. No attacking threat up front. Hallam Hawk came on. He's not a striker. He's an attacking midfielder. He didn't lead the it, it just It was just appalling. It was a possession, no shape, ran out of ideas when you got to the final third. It was It was so poor. Honestly, I can't even tell you. We we didn't deserve a point. I, I think Bradford were as poor as we were. I, 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 it, was, it was appalling. It was it was appalling to watch. I, I I I couldn't watch it. It was it was it was it was upsetting me that much. Honestly, I couldn't. I hate it. was just rubbish. <laughs> Playing out from the back in League Two does not work. Bradford showed it. Route one. It was a goal straight away. They had one punt up forward, and all right, Rogers should have saved it. But Pagiani at fault again, and he was at fault for the second goal. Uh, uh, why he's in that team, I don't even know. He's he's, he's appallingly bad. He's so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought I'd just put it out there. Honestly, oh, that needs
2: that needs to be the title for this. Appalling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what change the whole podcast? <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm usually the you know with the doom and gloom one on here, Dave. I had no idea what, you know, you'd be coming on. Uh, you you seem like generally reasonably upbeat. Clearly, you weren't impressed by yesterday. What did you oh. make of, I mean, were they any better than Newport? And did you go to the again?
1: game? I, I, I haven't got a season ticket. I did go to the Newport game, but I went to Tramier and it was a tale of two teams. Honestly, the second half in that game against Tramier, we mullered them, absolutely mullered them. But Barham Bula, if he's off form, the team just have no attack. He changed the game. He played so well. Hart, stops. You know, Borden was the was the player against Tranmere. He he was a c- cut above. He was spraying it about. He they put Wheeling in yesterday. I can't understand why. Because Borden had the game had a fantastic game against Tranmere. Was he spraying
0: isolating that. yesterday, Borden? Is that right? Is that's yeah, why well, he wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah, it, was. yeah it, was, so right. it was COVID related. Yeah,
2: isolating. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All yeah.
1: well, right. Well, that's probably. You know <laughs> Wheeling. Wheeling was a good. Played well yesterday. I, I thought he did play well. But again, he was on his own, and say was just honestly—he didn't know what he was going to do next. He was either going to pass it to a Bradford player, put it out of play, or just <laughs> lose the ball. He just had honestly, and then he started dropping into the defence in the, in the in the last ten minutes. What was that about? It was just like I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, you know? I'm not sure about him. I'm not sure what he what he brings. He doesn't seem to be one thing or another, really. He just kind of seems to be there. But I mean, like I said at the beginning, I thought that like. I know what you're saying. We didn't have anything up front. In the first half, we had Keeler Dunn, um, what's he called? Hopcott. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And um Bahambula. Um, sort of like playing as an interchangeable front three. Didn't know what they were doing. It was completely yep. ineffective. Second half, you I know, mean, we had a lot with the ball. We got the ball wide a lot. The game the thing is, it's like the game plan seemed to be get the ball wide, get it in a box. And we and we and we did that a lot, but unfortunately there was nobody there to do be on the end of it and we we dominated the possession of the ball we played the better football but they had way better chances than we did just to, to you know they could have scored three or four their shooting was appalling they kept skying it into the into the cop end of uh, Valley Parade and you know I think we deserved a point it, it, it sh- once we'd got that goal and Bahambula had a bad game yesterday he didn't do anything he, he wasn't effective but then he chips up at the end with a you know it wasn't a it wasn't a great strike but it, it went in and that's why you leave him on the pitch that's why he's there but like yeah, I think we've got massive problems up top this season.
1: The thing, the thing is against Chamier, when they played Farge and Bahambula, they linked up so well. You know what I mean? They played really well together. And I, I, I don't understand why they didn't try and dominate the possession because on the right, right-hand right side against Chamier, they were linking up play, they were playing really well. And then he just drops him and, and puts put Stobbs in there. Don't get me wrong, Stobbs, is great going forward, but he can't defend to save his life. He's not He's not that sort of player. And then he cuts inside and has a shot every time. It's like Sunday League. Yeah, because he had no he had no support whatsoever up front, honestly. Because Kyle had done for the best will in the world. He was against two six-foot-three defenders. He, and he was still winning headers, to be fair to him. But again, he was absolutely knackered because he was trying. He was getting marked out by two players all game. And then hallam Hope came on. He looked quite good. But again, he was like Jacob Blythe, the offside merchant. Just offside. Every, honestly, every, every attack, he was offside. But again, they didn't play the ball through to him properly. They were going they were going wide, they were going wide. Instead of going central, when you saw for the, for the, for the goal, they went central and they played it back in and then Baham scored because he was he was free on his own. I just don't understand kills. tactics. I, I really don't. The shape's all over the place. The tactics, are the 3 five, 2 playing it out from the back. I, I, sorry to label that point, but you can't do that in League 2. You, you just can't. It doesn't work.
0: It's only a third game, right? We've had a pitch invasion already, so that's good. You know, with sex, that's, that, that's the highlight of this. I'm just filling out a... Uh... A piece for the Bristol City blog ahead of our game tomorrow. It's, I presume it's going out tomorrow. Or Bristol Rovers. Uh, sorry, Bristol Rovers. Yeah, I wish it were Bristol City. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a
2: better ground
0: to go to. Yeah, and um, i have I've just putting that that the highlight of the season is a, you know pitch invasion, second game of the season. They can't you can't beat that. The irony behind. It, I thought it was so ironic. It's like yeah, um, but yeah, we've lost two league games with uh, last late you know late late goals again. Same old, same old. An, we've got to be patient, have not we, in terms of the team and all that? You've got to. But if we, you know, Tuesday already, it's a massive game, isn't it? Bristol Rovers, we, they've started the same as us, uh, conceded one goal more, or at least their goal difference is one worse than ours. So it's a it's a big game, already. I think it's got nil nil riddling all all over it. To be honest, I mean, Adam, you were just saying there you're going down and there's a space in the car, and I'm like, oh, I might I might chance it myself, but just just for the trip out, not 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 for the expectation. Uh, have, uh, I know you two, uh, Adam, uh, Andy. I don't know if you've seen any at games, but how are you feeling about the the way the season started?
2: I seen yesterday's game back, and pretty much the same as Dave. Really, we did play three five two. I thought we were a bit more attack minded, and we give you know had plenty of opportunities. But when you've literally got nobody up there to do anything with it, it's pointless having that all that good possession, isn't it? And we've said it since the off, even from last season. You need the spine. Four good quality players in there, and I don't think we've got it. The keeper, um, Little Weiler, is it? I can't,
0: yeah, know how whiler, I I think, yeah, yeah,
2: um, he's not allowed to play at the minute. Um, we asked the club about that, and they've said they're looking to resolve his issue. But Hallam Hope's issue w- would be resolved for weekend, which it was. Uh, they wouldn't say what the issue was, I think we all know what the issue is. And then, obviously, you got you go further down the field. You've got Pidge, who's, sometimes looks like a Sunday league player, and the next looks solid in League Two. And uh, there's no consistency with him. And when you've got a captain like that, it spreads throughout the team, doesn't it? That inconsistency, and it doesn't help anyone. I mean, when you look at the likes of Peter Clark, Sean Gregan, Duxbury, solid players who have been captains for, for us over the years, they've always been a good solid seven out of ten most weeks i'd say it's a good 5 6
0: really well you can you can rate him in different areas can't you it's kind of like if it's heading big balls away <laughs> he's like a 7 or 8 out of 10 every week and he? he's like he's always getting on the end of them if it's his positional play or his and and on the ground, it's it's much lower. But just back to that point about the keeper, though, because yesterday, um, it's I mean, I couldn't tell from where I was, in, but apparently he got injured. Rogers didn't he? Um, he was game, carrying yeah. an injury, um, and due to the issue with our main goalkeeper, who is yet to make an appearance, not making an appearance, <laughs> we left with them with a youth team keeper on the bench. The decision then within the management is to is to not bring off Rogers and put the youth team keeper on. So whatever. Contractual or whatever issues are going on in the background has, has again, affected what happens when it comes to the first team, and that's that's an issue, an ongoing issue, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah
3: absolutely. I mean, let's let, let's let's not put you about the bush here. We, we're in, we're in deep shit, and if if we just draw that 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 point back about Luke Weiler. so there are three clubs. We know this already. There are three clubs in League Two that are under embargo: us, Scunthorpe, and Swindon. Right, we know that it's 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 public knowledge. It's on the EFL's website. It's still on the EFL's website today. So it tells you that Swindon and Scunthorpe have not out of their embargo either. So there's a certain amount of. Certain amount of uh, paying back of loans that have been taken out last year that needs to be completed. Um, we've got a Swindon interview coming up in a future episode where I've spoken to someone at Swindon's Trust and, and I we, and we're revealing that how much money they borrowed. I don't think us and Scunthorpe have borrowed as much because we were in League Two at the time. So so you've you've got restrictions based on on what you can do when you're under embargo. And and we've, we've we're in possession of our document. The source of which doesn't really matter. Remain nameless for the purpose of this. But we're, we're in we're in possession of a document that's got some information in it. So, a, for instance, would be uh, it says where a club cannot fill all available places on a team sheet, it can it can sign certain amount of players up to a certain amount of um, spend. So, a championship uh, club can spend four and a half grand a week on a player. Um, a League One club can spend thirteen hundred quid, and a League Two club can spend eight hundred pounds. So we know that there's financial restrictions on how much. It also says that during a transfer window, clubs uh, under embargo will be allowed to staff up to 23 players only and can only bring in players on a standard loan for half a season, cannot pay play- money for the players and cannot contribute more than 100% of the club's player contract to, to, uh, wage to its parent club. So there's very specific rules around what we can do. So we're clearly restricted about who we can sign. And that's why when we're signing those, those five players on a on single day, the likes of you Jordan Clark, your Jordan Clarks, your McGahis, your Luke Weilers, Hallam Hopes on that single day, each of them said like, there's almost like a term and condition at the bottom that said subject to league approval, which is the indication that we were under some sort of restrictions. So Luke not playing is clearly down to that embargo issue. And Hope presumably was also... Um, restricted by it as well or that that seems to have been have been removed again like you say Adam we don't know specifically what's going on the things that really get my goat is Matt you attended didn't you the um, the the Q&A fans Q&A with Keith Curl recently yeah and he specifically said in that did he not you were there as a witness Uh, we're not under embargo anymore it's gone he said it had been lifted, yeah. And then Adam, you, you've you've yeah. recently had a conversation with Carl, and Carl said that the embargo still exists, right? Yeah, he said it still stands, and
2: um, obviously it's going
3: to stand until this monitored
2: loan's paid off.
3: Yeah, and so, so and so, it's it, it for me. It's that level of inconsistency, which really is it, it's it's unbelievably hopeless, isn't it, for a club to keep balls and stuff up like that? Get the communication right. Just be honest with us about it. For crying out loud, be honest. Also in that Q&A with Keith, Keith said that we are comfortably in the low reaches of League Two for budget. So yeah. uh, that that will be partly to do with the fact that we're restricted because of the embargo and partly to do because of our, our owners simply not prepared to put, put a, enough money in. So we're down in the bottom reaches. Well, surely enough, after two games, played two, lost two, third bottom, no points, we are exactly where we deserve to be. So... I read Arlene Finnegan's blog that you put up on the, on the podcast website. Yeah. Oh, it was a brilliant, brilliant piece. And I, I'm absolutely in agreement with exactly how she, she words it. I'm not going to set foot in Boundary Park again until these fellas are gone. Not a not, not and else chance. I'm not giving them any money because they are bad for our club. If other people want to go, I'm not going to knock them for doing so. Uh, that's interesting. You could have very good reasons. You want to go with your kids, your family, whatever, like Arlene describes on the blog. But all I'm doing is giving money to
0: these idiots to run our club badly. I've had enough. I, th- I mean, you the thing is, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday was. It was a great, it was a great occasion yesterday for me to go to the football to take Enzo, my nephew, for the first time to an away game. Uh, to go out to go with my brother. I'd been in Ireland for ten years. I've not been able to do that. I've not been able to spend that kind of time with, with my brother and my nephew and, and my family and that. and and you know I wanted to enjoy it. And and the over the overwhelming feeling in the stadium was that was that. You know, people were there to enjoy it, weren't they, Dave? There was there was a great atmosphere. Yeah. People were singing. They were having a day out. It was carnage in the uh, underneath the bar at half time <laughs> It was mental. Uh, it was it was you know, and people were enjoying themselves. And we've all needed that after the year that we've had, with COVID and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm with I'm with you, Andy. I'm not going to go into Boundary Park. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a director at Trust Holden now. I don't know, like, but I'm an individual as well. And I can make my own decisions and my own, you know, I'm free to do that. One of the things I wanted to put to you, Adam, was in terms of the quote unquote boycott and away day protests. Just going off yesterday, what was overwhelmingly apparent was there wasn't an appetite at this stage. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say going for yesterday. There wasn't an appetite for that. Yesterday was a day out. It was a people were only enjoying themselves and and it, you know it was it was a good day, uh, but there was no appetite for there was actually no chanting at all was the day of about Mo and about Abdallah no. it was there was none at all I didn't hear any of that. It was all about getting behind the team and 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 it felt good to do that to be honest, it felt good to be there representing Oldham as a town and, and our club. Making way more noise than the 16,000 Bradford fans in the stadium, and you know, doing ourselves proud. But it brings it brings us back to that point, doesn't it, of that that juxtaposition of what do we do? What do we do to put pressures on the owners to, like Arlene put it so eloquently? She's trusted them with her money before, and they spent it on Sonny Seafall. You know, I thought that was really good in that in that blog piece
2: almost like poetry that
0: yeah it's like you know what do ha- what do we do and and, and uh, to you know make our points and put our points across and hope that we get some kind of a response i don't think history suggests that we will but what's your thinking as as a group adam
2: going back to the the Bradford game we've been in conversation with west yorkshire police the safety officer from Bradford city as well They'd said to us, Pay On The Day is going to be available, no problem with that. And then literally all the way through, there's never been any discussion that Pay On The Day is not going to be available. And then two days before the tickets were put on sale to the club, they said, we've spoken with the club. It's going to be no Pay On The Day and you're getting a fixed allocation of tickets. Um, We said, where's this come from? Because this is not the conversations that we've had with you throughout and said, oh, it's something that we're putting in now all season. But Bradford fans can buy tickets up to the game on the day anyway, so it's not a, a thing that they're putting in all season. Which, for me, the fact that they received the tickets the week before and only put them on sale for three days, and we nearly sold out in those three days, shows that the, there is an appetite for it. And I think generally would have took a lot more if it was pay on the day. Because you know, people at the same time aren't willing to put money into, even if it's a five percent say, which is what it is, for an away ticket. People still aren't wanting to put that five percent in, so you know, people are going to miss out. Um, my my, but, my question, but, my, question
3: but, my question Adam is 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 the Brad, uh, let, let's call it a fiasco because it was a fiasco the handling of the Bradford tickets absolutely. A, a, absolute absolute mess is it a mess because of incompetence at the club or is it a mess because the club were trying to affect the, the boycott or trying to affect PTB's plans, do we think? If I'm honest, a bit of both. You, you look at the comments, we've got emails galore of
2: two parties saying, you know, that they're aware of our plans and we know what we're doing. And we've had numerous telephone conversations with Great Manchester Police, West Yorkshire Police and uh, the safety officer at Bradford, all of them we're aware of pay on the day that isn't something new that's just come about in the last couple of weeks with the first contact that we had with them was i think it was june mid-june i think the the first email started going around so that's been planned for a while so it's not something new but for it to change like that and for mom to be available for a very short period maybe it was trying to cause issues for the movement and you know at the end of the day we've always said we're more than happy to change things if fans aren't in agreement and that's what we've done we've put it on hold on that basis that you know people have been starved of live football for 18 months so you know it was always going to be a difficult thing to do and when we did announce it originally there wasn't any bite back from that everyone was in agreement emails coming through saying you know it's a good thing to do but when the, it actually the, the, push comes to shove you know and you know, your loyalty is then being tested to go into away games and it's always going to be a pulling on the heartstrings, isn't it? And it's one of those things when it's 18 months down the line, can you say no to your kids? Can you say no to the, the days out with the family? And completely appreciate it. And that's why we've put that on hold for the time
0: being. In terms of an organised boycott, that's, that's one thing, right? But in terms of the decline in attendances anyway... Um, I put something out, I did a little bit of research in terms of home fan support on the opening game of the season. We'd There'd been no live football for 18 months, We'd not no one would be able to watch a game. Top home attenders on the first game of the season was Tranmere, 6,700 Tranmere fans turned up for that game, right? Then it was Carlisle, 6,000, just over 6,000, 6,100. Uh, Mansfield, just under 5,000. Exeter City just under five thousand, Hartlepool just under five thousand, Northampton just over four and a half thousand, and then Latics at 3,777. 700, that doesn't include your, <laughs> you know, Salford Cities and Harrogate, so you know, all coming in below two thousand. That was that was the clubs that had like a, a decent attendance. You know, Tranmere, Carlisle, Mansfield, Exeter, Hartlepool, Northampton, all got way way more home fans than us. The first game of the season at home, that's the biggest crowd you're going to expect, pretty much. Uh, Maybe when we play some of the bigger teams, local teams, we might have a bigger crowd, but it doesn't bode well, does it, that there's that many fans? It's not great, is it, for the first game back after all that time. So I think attendances are down, right? There might not be sort of like an appetite for an official sort of organised boycott right now maybe, like you say, coming off the back of the pandemic and the lack of ability to go to the games, but... Clearly, when you judge us against some of those other sides that we should be, we are in, you know, quote-unquote bigger club than, or at least be on a par- on parity with the likes of Tranmere and Carlisle. We're, we're way below at the minute, aren't we? I think
2: if it was pushed in a way, and I've said it on Twitter before, Billy Thompson, when he was our ticketing officer, was brilliant. Every single game he would push, push, push telling people daily how many tickets that we'd sold and that would give people the incentive to think actually you know it's a decent turnout here I'm going to go and that would bring more people to the game and at the minute we haven't got that communication with us for an account to be set up purely for that basis but you know it, it's not happened at the minute but that's what it needs it needs fans to be pushed and be shown this is what's been sold this is what's been sold and it's almost like an incentive to think let's try and sell out here let's try and go to this game it's missing because we don't have that portion and. Like looking at the Bradford tickets, was there any push by the club to sell them tickets?
0: For hmm.
2: me, absolutely not.
0: Dave, as a fan, what's your perception of all this? I say, as a fan, we're all fans, but you know, you know, <laughs> as not a, a member of Push the Boundary or on this podcast or whatever.
1: I, I it's, it's a bit conflicted really because I, I I'll go to the games home and away when I can because after the after the last year. You need you need that release to go, you know, to watch watch your own team. It, it's one of those um, it's one of those luxuries in life that you, you need to go to. And the owners are killing, killing the club, and uh, I agree that something needs to happen. But I think cult- culturally, from where they, where the guys the guys are from, Abdallah and more, they'll just put, they'll, do, they'll just bankrupt it because they're that stubborn that they will not sell this club for, for, until they get the money that they want and. I think we're in a real danger that we're either going to go into administration, and we're going to get a, a points deduction, and we'll go down, and we'll be in big, bigger trouble then. And I, and I just, it's just so sad to see. You know, we've been we've been there before with Chris Moore and people, you know, when he when he nearly killed the club. But I don't think there's a I don't think there's a way out. I really I really don't. I I, I think we've just got to ride this out, and I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets
2: better.
3: I, 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 I see, how, I see I agree with you, Dave. I said right at the start, we're in serious, serious trouble. Um, and and I heard Paddy. You had Paddy on the fan last week, and Paddy was. Paddy was giving you his, his lyrics about how we're going to get in the top six, and he's expecting <laughs> to go up and stuff. And me, me and him, me and him have a bit of banter on Twitter about it. He's living in a, he's living in an absolute world of dreams. They have got no chance. Absolutely, no heavy, must be a if, heavy drink the, the Weekend. If, if if we if we finish third bottom, I, I think I think that's about the that's about the you know I'd be pleased because we haven't been relegated out of the football league. And I think you're right, Dave. There's a very re- realistic chance we're going to end up in in administration or or, or worse. Um, and certainly if we drop out of the football league, there's less of an incentive if we end up at administration for us to be uh, purchased by someone from, from that point. So I think we're in absolute serious trouble. And I think if you think anything, anything other than that, you're absolutely, killing you're absolutely kidding yourself. And, the, and the, thing that, the thing that concerns me is, you know, like things like, and um, we're talking about how the club is being run. So could we have called, so do you see Harrogate have called off a few games because he, he got players out with uh, COVID? Yeah, we, no, no more or less seemingly than we had out for the opening game against Newport. We didn't see to um, postpone that game. Um, I, I guess there's a there's a school of thought that playing it is better than having a backlog battle, battle of fixtures. But still, you know, we, we we go into that with all those players. Something I wanted to talk about, Matt, from a few weeks back now is is the Edmondson money. We talked about Edmondson going to Ipswich. Were we were, were was there a, a small windfall that maybe maybe come through the club or not? Um, then there was rumours on an Ipswich website that we'd sold the sell-on fee uh, some time before. And actually on Barry's interview, when we interviewed Barry, Barry told us that um, the debenture that was paid off back in 2020 was paid off. We asked him, was it paid off from the Zach Emerson money? And he said, no, the lad who went to Scotland. So I, I, I do wonder now whether whether that was cashed in quite some time ago. You've got the cashing in of, of sell on fees, which is a, you know a corny esque thing, which demonstrates that you're in a bit of trouble. You've got loans being taken. You've got players registered that can't play. <laughs> You've got administration of the football club that can't get tickets on sale. The, the ticket office, the amount of complaints on online from fans saying I can't get through, no one's answering a phone. It's an absolute shit show.
0: We, we appear to be understaffed, don't we? We seem to be running on a on a very much a skeleton staff, Probably which again is is a, a cost cutting exercise. You would imagine. Yeah, you, you've got you've got all these you've got all these players
3: that, that we've had on trial that we've been offering peanuts to that have gone on to have trials uh, at clubs beneath us in the football league. There's only three of us with an embargo. I don't know if you noticed this week though. Swindon Town, one of the teams on an embargo, have signed uh, Johnny Williams, who has played he's, played. he's only 27 years old. He's Welsh international. Played in the Euros. He's played most of his his football in in the Championship for the likes of Charlton and Crystal Palace and. Swindon have just signed in. So they've got a new owner now, signing uh, decent players on decent money, presumably, um, whether they're out of their embargo or not. You know, I I think we're in very, very, very serious trouble. We've got a budget that's really low. We need to wake up. So I've got no problem with fans like Dave's just, you know, articulated. He's he's missed it. I miss it. he, he He goes to the game. He wants to enjoy it. He's going to go home and away when he can. Fine. The more we do that, the more we elongate this process. I think it needs to be harder and deeper. We just need to get out of there, protest, absolutely force these idiots to sell a football club sooner rather than later.
1: I was listening to the Blackpool, you know, when the Blackpool, the for from the Blackpool Trust was on. And when they started invading the, invading the pitch, you now by no means am I saying, should we do that? But it worked, didn't it, for Blackpool? You know, people just invaded the pitch, just po- called the games off, Bol- Bolton, they went on strike, didn't they? It's just, it's so frustrating to see because we are a club that with history and, you know, a, a lot of great fans, you know, like yesterday, Matt, the, the fans didn't stop singing minute one to minute 98, did they, Matt? It was, it was unbelievable. You know, even when they went 1-0 down, they carried on singing. We've got such a great fan base. It's just so, it's just well, so But for,
3: for as long as these owners remain here, Dave, for as long as the, this continues, we're going, to ha- we're going to be talking about every single week, about what a great support we are when we're 1-0 yeah. down, 2-0 down, 3-0 down. Because yeah. we're going to lose many, many more games than we're going to win. We've played two games and we've lost them both. <laughs> we are, again, facing another long, hard, dark, deep season at the bottom of League Two. We've got to get these fellas out. They're ruining think, the club. I mean I, got to get them out now.
0: I think, Andy, that we know what it's like. I've spoke to people at the beginning of the season in the preseason friendlies that, and we've highlighted it already on this podcast, people thinking that things are gonna be different. <laughs> people going into this thinking, oh no, it's gonna be all right now. We've got a key curl, this and the other, right? Time will tell, okay? So the early signs aren't good, but attendances will drop off. If we keep losing games, we keep losing home games. And, and we know that fans are fickle, people are fickle. People will start to change and they'll stop going. And they might not stop. They might not be going. They might stop going. They might turn around and say, "Oh, I'm not going. It's crap. It's not official." boycott against the owners, but that doesn't even doesn't really matter. <laughs> people will just stop going. Attendances for midweek games and things like that could be could easily drop to, to two and a half, sub two thousand. Uh, and then there's, it's all going to become apparent again. Then people are going to start turning to to people like push the boundary and and trust them and saying, "What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it?" Because that's what happens. People don't. I've seen it. I've seen it on social media. Oh yeah, well, we're supposed to be boycotting, aren't we? Or I'm not supposed to be spending any money at the club because uh, I've said I'm not. But look at me in my new training top. Look at me in my new top. People are, and I'm not. They can do what they want. They can. They're free to change their mind if they want to. Certain people are being more uh, dedicated and disciplined in their their approach to it. But it, people always then turn around and start having a go, don't they? Push the boundary, trust, order and what are you doing about it? I think what you're saying, Andy, there as much it's, it's personal. Take a personal stance and stick to your personal stance if you believe that that, that that's what needs to be done. Everyone's free to make that decision. In terms of tr- the trust or foundation, as I struggle to call it, we've, we've still not had our first formal meeting. We've still not got roles in place. There's a lot of work from the, from the interactions that I've had. There's a lot of work to do. No one would be surprised by that because, you know, the response to the foundation and and the interactions with it and, and everything else, there's a lot of work to do. But I also believe that we've got a good chance of, of getting it turned around. Uh, myself and Jim met the uh, existing directors apart from Jason, who's away this week. Jim's a great lad. A lot of time for Jim got a lot of ideas very very well organized everybody knows me that listens to this podcast I've got a lot of ideas I've got a lot of ambition I've got a lot of motivation I want people to believe that 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 we can that we can turn the trust around that we can turn the foundation I, I think we should just call it trust foundation because then just change the name to that because everyone keeps calling it trust you know it's not going to happen overnight it's it's not going to happen overnight but I'm going to work really hard but we're in a very, very, very precarious situation, and this podcast tries to shine a light on it, doesn't it? PTB tried to shine a light on it, and and it's about awareness. It's not about blame, or it's just about let's just be realistic and look at where we're at. Let's be aware, self-aware. We are in a dangerous position. If we keep going like this, and we do end up in administration, as you say, Dave, and we, you know, we're on a, we're on threadbare points. The trapdoor is well and truly swinging, isn't it?
1: Yeah. That's the thing we need to get some points. Like just to jump on into that, you know, if you look at a lot, I know it's going a bit off topic, but if you look at Curl's record in the last eight games, it's sack, sack form, isn't it? You know what I mean? If you had that run of form, you know, without the break of the season, you'd be sacked. You know what I mean? And I'm not being horrible. I think he's a good. I think he's, I think he's brought a bit more discipline to the team. He's signed some players as much as he can do, but. I think, he's, I think his form as a manager is, is, is a lot to be desired coming from Northampton as well because if you look at his form there, he only got the odd win
0: here and there. I, I, it's very, very difficult there to, to judge yeah. in terms of like the, the players that he can bring in. We know yeah. that more can veto. Yeah. It needs to be two yeses. So okay. we, we don't know what's going on there. We know we've already addressed the fact that, that there's virtually no budget. How much well, of it is ca- down ca- to ca- curl? Ca- How much ca- is it down to what's going on at the club? It's very, very... We're speculating, aren't we? But... you. Yeah. You know, you're right. At what point will he become the scapegoat and be binned off again? That's the form at the club, is it? And that's that we've seen uh, so and
1: far. I'll take over because that's that's on the card. But I've, 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 I've put a bet on him being the next manager. Who's that? What, sorry, Jim Gallen. Right. Yeah. That, that he'll be the next manager because he's he's if we go down, he's the national league. Stockport and got the experience of that. It, it's, it's the writing's on the wall, isn't it? You know what I mean. That, that's how I've seen it. You know, what I mean? it's it's just it's so frustrating. This uh, this club, this you know, for, for, you know, it's, I, I can't, you know. Yesterday tops it all off. If you could put, if you could summarize what this club's about, that game yesterday, one nil down with a dodgy goal, then we got back a bit of all right at the very end. There's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. You know what? We'll just sabotage it for ourselves and just give away the penalty and you know the last kick of the game. You know to leave everyone so down. It, it, as a fan, everyone go, you know. You said Oldham. Oh, oh yeah, they used to be good back in the nineties you with know, Roger Palmer and stuff like that. Now it's just like like my mates United fans and City fans. They, they say, oh, you're in a bit of trouble. You're your own, aren't you? They actually know it's becoming more prominent in the in the in the game that how much trouble we're in because we've we, we've fallen from we've fallen from a, a great team under Royal to this Sunday League. Nightmare. Let's do
3: something about it then. Let's do something about it, right? Let's do something about it. Let's stop moaning about. Let's do something about it. So we go back to we go back to a moment before. Matt's given us an update from his, his sort of in first informal meeting with it with, with his trust colleagues, who's so not yet had a, a, <coughs> a formal meeting. But this week there, there was some foundation news. Uh Matt, I know you're not involved in this, it will be difficult to ask you questions about it, but I'm gonna raise it anyway. So on the on the 9th of July, there was a trust board meeting and, and the, the, the trust foundation notes uh, came out from that board meeting. I remember them coming out because I shared it amongst uh, a group of friends of mine. That is the most critical I've seen the trust trust foundation get off the club at any stage. There was, in that particular issue, there was comments about the fact that an, the loan was taken, which had seen as an embargo. That was from, from the trust chair who made those comments. Philippa, who was the secretary and financial expert of uh, the trust, was relatively critical of the club accounts that were published in and around the same time, so in the month of June. Which again, if you if you go back and you see Kieran Maguire make some also not particularly warm comments about the state of our accounts. Um, and then in the final passage of that of that um, trust foundation uh, board meeting notes update, there was questions about whether to sever ties with the club. So the language in there was, should we sever ties with the club debate? Now, that was about as aggressive as I have ever I can ever remember the trust getting with the club. And then what happened this week is the Trust Foundation issue one of the most grovelling apologies I've ever seen for that particular statement that they've now taken down. So this is where, and we talked about it on, on the podcast, Martin, previous weeks, this is where the trust is incredibly conflicted because they should be there to serve the supporters. In the end, they end up serving the club. And we, we need serious revolution in that organisation. And we're hoping that, that, that Matt will be one of the people who might be able to bring us that. But I think that that grovelling apology is vile and disgusting. And we are third bottom of league two with an owner that's got us under a bag. I'm going to list all those things again. We're in serious trouble going out of business, getting ready. And yet we're grovelling to these people. We should be grovelling to them. They should be grovelling to us. They should be saying, I'm really, really sorry. Please turn up. Really sorry. Please spend some money. We'll, st- we'll stop making these mistakes. It's our fault. We're ballsing it up. Yeah, that's what that's what the apology should be, not the other way around. We shouldn't be apologising to these idiots for running our club into the ground. And 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 then and whilst I'm on my high horse, where's Carl Evans? Matt, he said he was due to come oh. back on at some stage. He's not come back on a podcast yet. No, I think Carl's Carl's got quite a few things that we want to hear about. Is Carl Oldham fan twenty one on Twitter? Has, has he has he got a uh, does he wash windows in Failsworth? Right, let's 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 get him on here and let, and let him answer those questions. The former sponsor's allegations towards him are pretty vile. We've got some new sponsors on board. Are they genuinely generating decent money or not? The North Stand's back open, but there's no hospitality in there. The Bradford ticket fiasco. Uh, the, the the ticket office, Not answering. come on, Carl, let's hear from you. Come and talk to us. You want us to turn up? You want me to come through the gate? Come and explain why I should. You grovelly apologise to me. That's what should be happening here, not the other way around. Right, I've had run over.
0: Nice one. Hey, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the thing, this is that this is the thing, right? Let, that, let, let, well, let me, <laughs> let, let me let me let me put my position now because obviously, when I started this podcast. I wanted to go and rants like Andy just did, right? And I did, <laughs> and I have done. And I didn't think I was going to end up as a director on the, on the foundation, right? But I am, <laughs> because nobody else wanted to put it for themselves forward in any great number and it was going to die on its arse, let's be perfectly frank, right? People have then since asked me, are you still going to do the podcast? Are you still going to be, you know, raising the points and it's critical? Yeah, I now, I, now I, I can't do anything at the minute about that statement and what happened before I joined the foundation, I agree with you, Andy. The way the way it looks, the perception, it's not good, right? Things are going to have to change within it. I am going to be accountable to the listeners and to the fans as a as a director, and I want far more transparency, right, <laughs> <laughs> from um, from from the uh, from the foundation. I want us to. I, I want to be. I'll be held accountable. You can ask me tough questions as a trust director. I'm not going to hide away like the other trust directors have done. We need to update the fans every single week on what we're doing, what we're doing well, what we're not doing well. We need to be open and honest. We need to start running the foundation like we expect the club to run the club. And then we can take the moral high ground. But until that point, we can't. That And and, and that's what we have to do. Adam can come on here and he can grill me and I can grill him about push the boundary. And let's be honest and open. And, 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 and let's not hide behind differences and all that. Let's talk about things. Let's find solutions. Like you're saying, Andy, you know, you're getting very frustrated and I know that the, I know that the lads, Adam, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I know that you lads, you've been struggling, haven't you? You've put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into what you've been doing over the last couple of years and it's burning you out a little bit, isn't it? It's, it's, it's hard work and you've been feeling the pace of it and I get it, you know what I mean? Because to maintain that energy and that effort and that enthusiasm and to, to feel like you're, you're not getting anywhere is really really hard and it's only through unity and numbers that we're going to that we're going to <clears> achieve that and that is not by being needlessly critical or being aggressive or whatever it's by being cohesive diplomatic and working together and it's not going to be easy but our foundation hasn't done that it hasn't managed to do that and the mandate that the new directors have got to come in is to try and do that is to is to change the approach change the organisation of the foundation because it is it has been ineffective and they, they can't deny that. From my experience so far, they've been focusing on the wrong things. That needs to change. And there's a lot of work to do, but we're going to have to do it because, like you've pointed out already, Dave and Andy, the trapdoor to the National League is well and truly looming. And if, if we're not ready, as, as fans, we're going to find ourselves... Like, look at Stockport, they went down again. There's nothing to suggest that that won't happen to us. We need to give ourselves a shake and wake up from this delusion that it can't happen to us, that a lot of of fans still hold on to. It can, and it might, this season, happen to us. What are we going to do about it? What are you, as an individual, going to do about it? The, The trust
2: and push the boundary need to be on the same page for a start. One needs to be fighting for the fans in the club, which it's not doing at the minute. It's supporting the club rather than the fan base and push the boundary needs to be pushing from the outside. And it's only then when, it's like Blackpool have said before, and I think Stockport have said the same, it's only when both fans groups are working in the same direction that change happens. And if that can't be done at the minute, obviously, I don't know you said before, Matt, that's going to be one of... The things that's raised with the from the new ones to the current members of the trust that that engagement needs to be there because at the minute, like you say, that retraction statement that was put out the other day says everything that's wrong with the trust at the minute. It's not got a backbone to challenge the club, and that's what needs to massively change.
0: I said at our informal meeting the other day, what we need we need a model for this foundation. What is what is its model? What is its twenty five year plan? What are we going to do? What do we want from it? How do we increase our membership? How do we increase our fundraising? How do we get fans on board and what kind of foundation do we want? And what's it going to like with like Andy's gone out and interviewed Swindon, Brentford, look at Brentford for God's sake, look at Exeter, what their model is through the youth. Look at what Wimbledon have achieved. They've done this because they've had a long-term strategy and a model and a vision and a plan, which is detailed and which is executed step-by-step. Step. Our foundation haven't done that. They brought out a strategy, which is basically a list of bullet points. It's not really a strategy. It's something to work from, I guess. But we have a lot of work to do, a ton of work to do. That's what I've tried to impress. This, hap- this, th- this has to happen now, day by day, week by week. We're gonna need a big team of volunteers. We are gonna turn it around. The foundation is getting turned on its ass. That has got to happen because it's like, it's way behind where it needs to be. I'm not pointing fingers at individuals. I'm just saying it as it is. And I'm not going to compromise this podcast's integrity by not being honest and open about where we're at, right? I want to get different fans on every week, like Dave is here this week, to give us your honest opinion. You don't have to come on and agree. You can say whatever you like, and we'll talk about it. But we can't carry on. The Football Club can't carry on the way it's going. Foundation can't go on the way it's going. And if PTB is going to be effective fans who say they're going to do something on behalf of PTB needs to stick to what they're doing. And <laughs> I don't know, has anyone else got anything to say?
3: Well, I mean, just, just, just like you said, of, of all the, of all the clubs that we've spoken to, the ones that seem to affect change are when, when the, the trust, so the, the, the trust or the organisation, which uh, is, is the, is the democratic organisation and the fan pressure groups work together. Portsmouth, we did exactly the same. Brentford did the same, Blackpool did the same. And our two organizations have not been able to forge a very close working relationship today. Hopefully that's about to change. All of the all the other people that we talk about, all the other players, need to start being honest. So Carl, Carl Evans needs to start being honest and tell us what's going on in the background. No smoking mirrors, no, no political answers. What's going on in the background? Tell us. Honestly, we shouldn't be finding a situation where Keith Curl tells us the embargo's gone and then two days later he tells us it isn't. That's pathetic. Sort it out. Bradford ticket fiasco, pathetic. Sort it out and i'm going to call another another set of people out as well the oec need to get get on this podcast too that they've said that they'll come on they need to give us a date and come and talk to us because they're also a player in this as well you know barry made some some allegations against them when he came on so we'd like to we'd like them to come on and, and answer some of those quite frankly that we know the north stands now open um, but I would like to hear, we'd like to hear it from the OEC's perspective as well. So you know, completely for balance, we want all of these people to come and talk to us, and let's try and start this healing process as soon as possible. Because otherwise, this just going to drag on forever. And, and unless unless there's serious changes at the club, you're not getting me back in to, until someone starts apologising. <laughs> then I might start coming back, but not before then.
0: Yeah, it's like picking a scab in it. Just it never heals. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, the title James. for this week's podcast. Dave's yeah. yeah. hey,
2: <laughs> loving this podcast, aren't
1: you? <laughs> oh, mate, I do, I love the podcast, it's great. <laughs> uh, even, even even wound up Stephen Partington by putting it, to, put it on it, putting it on his Realistic olden, uh, realistic Oldham fans group on Facebook and it soon got deleted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh,
2: yeah, well, that's the that's the interview that you're missing. Never mind the O.E. Oh uh, Mr. Parkinson's one that.
0: that you need. I want I want to hear from all fans who have different views. This is not Absolutely. this podcast is not about like preaching to people and saying blah blah blah. This is just about getting different people to come on. But we, we we've struggled to get people who endorse. Abdallah, who are the well, he pays the bills crowd. Oh. You know, as as oh, well, as if that's the bare minimum. And and you know, I'm not. I I can I I can. I can't I'm not in a position to say whether that is something that has been said at an informal meeting that might have happened last week um by any or such a particular member of uh, any or particular such a board. I'm not referring to anyone in particular. <laughs> it's definitely been
2: said by the trust but it's board been, before. it, it it's may have been said, been said by the trust uh, board
0: before. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's I wanna hear all the views and all the opinions. I really do. Let's talk about it. Uh, like like when I chased Steve down the road and said, Just talk to me, Steve. You know, it's it's a getting a bit like that with Carl. You know, I'm chasing him up and sending him a message, just talk to me, Carl. <laughs> but he won't come on. It's like he came on when everything was, you know, when he it was in the pre- basically it was a case of, well, I've just inherited this. Um, but now this is Carl's club, it's his business, you know, the business that he's running day to day. And you're right, Andy. He 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 should come on and talk to us again. He was absolutely up at the beginning, he's not happy anymore. Um, presumably because the questions are going to be tougher and he's more accountable yep. uh, to answering them. And and Carly, if you're listening and you disagree with that, well, come on and tell us why you disagree with it. But that's the perception. And unfortunately, at Oldham Athletic, whether it's the foundation, whether it's the football club, it's all about perception. The perception, perception is really, really important. What do How do people perceive you? What's your reputation? You have to manage that. And, and unfortunately... We, we've two organisations, uh, the, the, the perception of which is is really bad, the reputation of which is really bad, and, and we can only do so much. We can't go into the club, and just take over, start running it in a different way. But we we can do that with the foundation because it's our foundation. So that's what we're trying to do. Beyond that, it's just it, unfortunately it takes time.
1: But do we have time? That's the problem, isn't it? We don't we don't have the time. We don't have time, do we? we you know, look at look at where we're at. Andy's alluded to it. I alluded to it. If we go down, we'll go into free fall. You know what I mean? We we'll we will we'll will be in National League one not like the, the League North in North Time because we will just we'll just capitulate and go down. And if we go down it's it's, it's unthinkable really. But if you look at Grimsby, they're having nightmares at the moment with with the owners, where they had the owner, then they sold it, Holloway was involved, and now they've gone into free fall and I think I think they've lost the first two games, you know. they they're in big trouble. But you they still I mean?
0: sold yeah. more season tickets than we did. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Has anyone got anything has anyone got anything positive to end the podcast on that relates to no. Latics? Uh, Clark,
1: Clark's performance yesterday played really well. I think he I think he looks a good player. I yeah, hope I'm, we can keep I... him fit.
0: Well, yeah, you know, he, he does look like he's he, he does look like he could be a good player. I like Hart as well. Sam Hart seems like he's yeah. he's got a lot of energy, he gets forward on the overlap down that down that left hand side. I thought that Hopcott looked like he might be a decent link up player. Um, uh, seemed to get around the pitch a bit. We didn't really see enough of him, but I don't know. Uh, like I say, I'm looking for positives here. <laughs> There's nobody else who's got anything positive, obviously. You've, you've, I think
1: Jacob lives loan. Finishes uh, in a couple of weeks. so That's always a positive,
0: isn't it? <laughs> He's on a short-term deal, isn't he? I don't know how short it was, I think but it was a
1: month, wasn't it? I heard it was was
0: a it? Month. Yeah, right, right. Back. Yeah. I tell you what, actually, that's a point. That's a point. It's not a positive one, but it's a point. <laughs> like now, obviously, Bradford and all them are different places, right? Bradford's much bigger. We parked up in. I parked up in Bradford town centre. One pound twenty for parking all day in shopping centre. Bargain, right? So walking through city centre, and as you're heading towards the ground, you know there's people in Bradford shirts, and there's like obviously you're in Bradford, and there's Bradford fans around. Not like Oldham on a, te- on a on a match day, and then there's this there's this walk down towards the football stadium, and as you're walking down, there's bars and pubs and people in Bradford shirts drinking, and there's a it's like you're in a town or a city where there's a football match going on, and there's football fans, and it's obvious. And I was just thinking, oh my god, there's just this is just. It feels like it should do on a match day. You know what I mean? This was a League Two game, right? You would never have known it was a League Two game, the size of the stadium, the size of the crowd, yeah. you know, the the away following and all that. You know, it was a it could have been a championship game, let's be honest, right? But it wasn't. It was a League Two game. But the buzz, the 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 throngs of people, the the pre-match eating and drinking, I was just like, it's no wonder that it's have such a good away following because you do not have a remotely anything like this. Going to Boundary Park. It's a completely different experience. Away fans really. You know, hey?
2: Eh? You got the old, it's not fair that really, because you got the O2 suite. <laughs> I mean <laughs> the warm
0: cans. I mean, what, what more could you want? Oh, and it's just it, it it made me think as I'm walking down there, I'm thinking, God, we have got so much work to do to get something. That is an experience, a football experience for the home fans and for the away fans. Right? Now we can't redesign the town around the football stadium. We can't, but there are things that we can do. Like not sell off all the land around the football stadium so that we can actually have some kind of like fan area before a match, for example. There is a lot that we can do. There's a lot that we can do in talking about linking up the council. People don't trust the council. Well, there's things that we can do in terms of making that. Walk, we're walking from town down Rochdale Road to Boundary Park could be our corridor. That could be the corridor that, fa- yeah, that fans and there are businesses that, that facilitate that. There are things that we can do looking towards our 150th anniversary because that's what we need to be doing. We need to be looking to what's going to be great about Oldham and Oldham Athletic in our 150th year. And we've a lot of work to do, but we have to start looking with that kind of vision so that we've got 25 years to turn it around. And so that, you know, my nephew, when he's 30, if he's not playing up front for Latics as as our main striker, is at least walking down, you know, Sheepfoot Lane with the kind of buzz that there was walking to Valley Parade yesterday. Because it just was, you know what, it was embarrassing, really. It was was embarrassing. And it was sad. And we're a long, long way off where we should be. And it doesn't matter where, why we are where we are, but we've got to take responsibility for the next 25 years and what are we going to do about it? Because everyone says, well, the fans are the fans are the heart of the club, the fans are the fans, the fans. Well, in that case, it's up to us to do something about it, isn't it? To come together and do something about it. We have to take responsibility to save our football club and to save our town and to, and to get it moving in the right direction. And I'm gonna, I'm going to end the podcast now on that plea. Get involved. Don't be a keyboard warrior. Do something. Don't just turn up for the football and expect that you're good. The, people expect, I'm going to go and I expect to have a quality product to watch. I am only interested in being entertained. I pay my money. That's not enough. That is not enough. So look yourself in the mirror and say, what more can I do? Help push the boundary, help the foundation, help our football team in our town. Get back to where it needs to be and look yourself in the mirror and say, what is it that I need to do? I'm not going to tell you what that is but you need to make that decision. Park Alert System is produced and hosted by me Matt Dean additional support and research is by Andy Halliwell and Steve Shipman You can follow me on Twitter at MattDean78 and the show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at OAFC Podcast. Don't forget to download the Fan Hub app and listen to the show there or by visiting oafcpodcast.co.uk where you can support the work we do by visiting our online merch store, read our blog and get in touch. If you'd like more information about Push the Boundary, visit pushtheboundary.co.uk and if you'd like to know more about Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation, please visit trustoldham.org. Remember, this is your club and you can have it all, but how much do you want it? Thanks for listening.